when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Anita Rao. And I'm Sandra Davidson. Welcome back to She and Her. We are happy to be in the studio live tonight. Before we get started, we want to make a special announcement. As of this week, She and Her is officially a member of ACAST, which is a curated podcasting platform that brings together a wide group of podcasters and helps us find advertisers who support our work and what we're doing. And some of our biggest heroes, like the women of Call Your Girlfriend, who were on our show a couple weeks ago, are part of the ACAST family. So we are in great company and we're super excited. So with this news comes a few changes for our regular listeners. Um, from now on, there will be a few ads scattered throughout our show and you'll not be able to access our content on SoundCloud anymore. What does that mean in real time for you? Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. You can also listen to us on the ACAST app. They have their own app, too. And we'll send a link out to all of this stuff on our Facebook page and our social media later this week. So tonight we're thrilled to be spending the show talking about self-care. And this is a topic that's come up a number of times on the show because it's something that Sandra and I think about a lot as two women doing creative work and juggling many different projects and aspects of life at once. Um, And to guide us through the self-care conversation, we are joined by two women in studio who've been thinking hard about self-care for quite some time. Jamaica Gilmore is the director of Durham's The Beautiful Project. It's an organization that uses photography and reflective workshops to give girls an opportunity to confront positive and negative portrayals of black girls in the media. Jamaica, welcome to She and Her. And also joining us is Alexis Dennis. Alexis interned with The Beautiful Project when she was in college and recently completed her master's in public health at UNC. She is an associate in research at the Duke Global Health Institute and created an exhibit all about self-care that's currently on view at the Center for Documentary Studies in Durham. And this exhibit is awesome. It's um, very immersive and it uses photographic portraits, quotes, and interactive reflections to showcase how black women of different ages and walks of life conceptualize, practice, and struggle with self-care. So, Alexis, welcome. Happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. We're excited for both of y'all to be here, and I'd love to jump right in and just start talking about this concept of self-care. So, Jamaica, what does that mean to you, and how does that relate to the work at The Beautiful Project? Well, self-care is a space that it's a concept, it's a practice, Um, that we have to be really aggressive about. 
um, how that kind of dawned on us in the context of the beautiful project um, was we our very first year we had this amazing crew of interns they were dope Um, we asked them to submit really journals about how they were doing in the work we wanted to see how they were taking care of themselves and they did not respond so in the midst of this beautiful empowerment space i sent a semi-terse email (laughs) that i have always regretted um and their responses (laughs) very good question It, it it nicely kind of said, give me my stuff, like what's going on. Um, and their responses uh, were profound. Um, they said, you know, it is um, difficult for me to be in the space doing this work, mentoring these little black girls with all they are facing as little black girls. How can I lead them when I am still facing the same things? Hmm. That is the moment that the internship department became the health and wellness department. Alexis's year of the internship was the first year it was the health and wellness department, right? So Alexis walks away, graduates from school, so does her um, her cohort. And um, at the same time, the three department heads, we all, our careers change. We get pregnant. We, we move to different cities. We decide to go get more degrees. Just all that literally happened at once. Um, and so um, uh, my co-director made us all sit down and she said, how do we remain sane in this work? How can we still enjoy this work? What does it look like? And so we realized that we we are aware and we are intentional about creating safe spaces for black women and girls. What does it mean to do that virtually? Hmm. Um, and that would be a way that we could stay in this work, sustain ourselves and not um, die in this work. Hmm. So I called them and I was like, yo, let's get on a let's get on a Skype call because do Skype and Pandora and I know. <laughs> yeah. you know things I'm saying <laughs> some upgrades available anyhow um, Alexis was on that call and so she was just like this is dope I'm excited but can we also ask black women how they take care of themselves because I'm having a hard time and I really want to know it was my first year of grad school mm. oh my god <laughs> it was about at- 9 o'clock at night yep <laughs> All exploring those questions in that time. Yep, exactly. <laughs> well, tell us, Alexis, what was going through your head? Why did you want to ask that question? Um, I think what it came down to is I think that my I, – I, I grew up and I was raised to, like, put other people before myself. And I, you know, was also raised to, like, be independent and be able to commit to what I say I'm going to do and to work really hard and all those things and, like, give and give and give, which which are great qualities. But at a certain point, it kind of wears on you. And in grad school, when there's lots of things happening and you're older, so there's lots of life stuff happening, too, I, I just felt like I was swirling around and, like, I wasn't grounded at all. And I didn't see immediately any examples of like how to counteract that. And so I think that that's kind of what sparked the idea for me to ask Jamaica was to say like, yo, I need to find some examples of this. (laughs) And this is a a venue for me to be able to find those examples, especially since when I was younger, like as an intern, like we, I also was able to explore similar ideas. And Hmm. so that's kind of how, or I guess what was going on in my mind. Can you tell me what surprised you about the responses in the process, if anything? Yeah, so a few things surprised me. One was the range of responses that we received. Um, we photographed women, the youngest was my sister. Um, she was 22 or 23 at the time, and the oldest was 
77, mm. I think. And so just the, the range of, of ways women take care of themselves from things you might expect like meditation, but um, our 77-year-old, um, a woman who goes to my church said, I like to look really fly for Jesus when I go to church. Ah! And, you know, she comes into it. my church wearing four-inch high gold stilettos. And, like, I can't walk in those. And I'm always very impressed. But, like, that's what makes her feel wonderful is when she's taking that time to look good to go worship God. Um, you know, other people talked about exercise. People talked about things that they really struggled with. Um, and something else that I really enjoyed was that, at least for me, there was always a moment in our photo shoots when you'd see um, the women stop feeling like they were in front of a camera mm-hmm. and actually starting to naturally engage in those self-care practices themselves. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like by asking them to participate in the exhibit, we force them to do something that they hadn't done in a while. And I think the third big thing that was a surprise is for myself personally is the extent to which it's very easy to say self-care is something that's very important but it's almost like I think you know Christians will say you have to wake up every day and decide you're going to be a Christian and it's kind of the same thing for totally for yeah (laughs) you know you have to it's the same thing for self-care because otherwise it's just so easy to let other things and other people and other responsibilities get out in the way Um, and so having to have that realization that no this is something I have to work at I think was something that came out of this for me well, I think this would be a good time to play. So we actually asked one of the women who was featured or who is featured in the exhibit that's currently on view at the Center for Documentary Studies in Durham to share a bit of, of her story. Um, so this is a voice memo that she sent us. It comes from Charla Hodges. She lives in Chapel Hill. She's a project director at a public health nonprofit in Carborough called Counter Tools. In the exhibit, I described myself as a thinker and resolved And the reason I chose those words is because I really recharge by thinking. Sometimes you just need that time to yourself to really think about what decisions are best for you and for your life. And I found that when I have the time to sit and think to myself, that I'm really able to make the best decisions for my own life. I do feel like um, African-American women, black women, often are socialized to put themselves last. We're expected historically and even now to be mothers, to be sisters, to be students, to be good, to be smart, to be attractive, to be so many things to so many people. Um, And it's hard to be all those things at once, you know. There's so many times that I'm sitting around my house and I'm like, I am not feeling like my best self, but I'm still expected to be a girlfriend right now or a a student or a worker right now, Um, which is fine. But at the same time, it's also kind of like, man, I have to put so much pressure on myself, even as a black woman, to show that I'm worthy to uh, be accepted or to have the same wage or to be taken as seriously as others in the world. And all that pressure weighs on you, you know. It seems so trivial and may seem cliche to say, but it's something that's really real for a lot of Black women, I feel, especially for my own example, Um, My mother was the main one who raised my brother and myself growing up, and I used to watch her so many times. She would work 
two jobs, sometimes three jobs, day and night, um, and we come home, somehow find time to cook for us, somehow find time to, you know, get us to school and so forth until we were able to drive ourselves. And looking back on that, I am just amazed about how she was able to do it all because I also remembered that she didn't have much time for herself. And my mother passed away about five years ago, um, partially um, because of her own health issues. But I truly believe partially, too, because she didn't have time to even take her own self to the doctor. And that's really been a life for me is that I can't be any good to anybody else unless I myself and well taken care of. And no one else is going to take care of me except for me. So the way that I think of self-care is doing those things that are healthy, that restore your mental health, that make you your best self, um, that help you to be complete, help you to be whole on your own. Um, Audre Lorde had a quote that said, Self-care is literally an act of political warfare, and that's true for so many African-American women. Um, and I look forward in my life to being able to continue for many years um, caring for myself so I can also care for others and live my best life. So I'd love to just pick up on, so she talks about Audre Lorde, and Audre Lorde is a big part of the exhibit. She, When you go to see it, um, pages of her book are displayed on the side of the wall. Um, I feel like her whole affect and way of thinking about self-care is very much a driving force of the exhibit. So I'd love for y'all to reflect a bit of, on her and this notion of self-care being um, not about indulgence, but about preservation and how there is a there's a true political component to taking care of yourself. I think that what drew me to Audre Lorde actually goes back to my time with when I was interning at the Beautiful Project. So I remember that at our various sessions, Aaron, um, the co-director, would oftentimes pull from um, black feminists um, and their writings and use a quote or a short essay to kind of help educate us about, you know, self self um, care, but also it it's it was an education in like where we came from mm-hmm. and this history of like really strong women that you know oftentimes you're not going to learn about unless you take an Afham class or an a black woman's history class, and so I I think that um, when I was looking for something and I was like well how how do I frame you know what this is it was it made the most natural sense to go back to the canon of women that I'd learned about. This is where I came from. And, you know, these are black women's activists and these are the words that you should use to try to frame like what you're actually trying to do and trying to say. Well, can you unpack a little bit more what Charla referred to talking about the social pressure that black women have to put themselves last in a lot of cases? What does that look like to you in your life? And to follow that, how has working with this exhibit and even with the beautiful project sort of changed how you relate to and understand taking care of yourself? I mean, when I think about this, I, I think 
of examples going back to like slavery um, in the 1940s when black women have always been caretakers of their own families and also other other families. Um, like black women have worked since the beginning of time. Um, and then I think back to the you know politics of respectability and lifting as you climb and the expectation that you always have to to you know do well, be successful so that the rest of society will accept you. And then I think back to like my own experiences growing up where I had a mom who worked full time. She cared for my sister and I, took care of my dad, and she also, my grandmother's lived with us since I was five. And so now, and as my grandmother's aging, she's taking care of her. And she always has been very generous and, you know, put others before her. She even drove from Atlanta for one night to see our opening exhibit mm-hmm. for self-care. And so I, I think about these things and they're, you know, they're important, um, but I also think that you know if you, somebody once told me if you're not functioning, nothing's functioning, and I think that that's where the political activism part of self care comes in, where it, it's really difficult to tell people you love, people at work. Um, people who you feel responsible for in the community, actually, you need to give me a break. Or mm-hmm. actually, I can't do this right now. And it's, it's, it sure. takes a lot of courage to be able to do that. And it takes a lot of courage um, for black women en masse to sit, stand up and say, you know, we are humans too, <laughs> and we need a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's where the political activism part comes in, when you can start to change people's mindsets. Um, yeah. And to you know, normalize care and normalize self-care and normalize that it's okay to take a break and do something for yourself for a change. I think for um, me, the interesting thing is like, we have, there's this dope woman, great friend of ours, um, who's a black feminist scholar. And what she's taught us to do is pay attention to the silences, Mm -hmm. right? And so as I move in the world as a black woman, as I observe other black women and girls moving in the world, the expectation from um, people they love, people they don't, people who um, appreciate them, people who do not, um, people who identify as they identify, people who do not, um, the expectation is that they have to act a certain way in order to be loved, or treated with any kind of level of acceptance. And the performance of that, the pressure to perform in order to be okay, to think about how big is my hair today? And how will that influence when I walk into this space? Can they take it? Will I be punished for the big hair? Am I wearing anything with, with fatigue on it? What slang did I allow to come out? Like the the what a black woman has to consider. The black girl has to consider moving in any space around her visual or her, her or how her internal comes out is a lot of pressure. And so for me, um, it is often for me and a lot of the people that I rock with. What we have to do is say, you know what, it is a lot of pressure, but today I'm going to be OK and I'm going to let baby girl have a hard time with my big hair and I'm going to let, you know, said said dude have a hard time with my fatigue or not yes or no whatever whatever's happening on the outside I'm going to create a space that says I'm okay and that's how I'm going to take care of myself and when I don't have the energy or the strength to navigate this declaration that I'm actually okay then I'm going to take a step back Mm -hmm. 
and be okay privately and not navigate everyone else's expectation and demand on who I'm supposed to be and how I'm supposed to move that is all based on this really wrought historical context that in present day and really kind of almost at every stage of history, but in present day where we are, isn't anything somebody wants to talk about. They don't want to talk about that our every day is impacted by all of the trauma that we've experienced and that still kind of lives in our in our bodies, right? Um, so for me, it is paying attention to the silences um, and owning when I do not have the capacity to deal with the pressure of what society expects of me and requires of me and creating tools where I can create space for myself and where black women and girls can create space for themselves as individuals and as a collective to say like we are okay we are we are okay we are going to be safe here we are going to declare it here and we are going to move together so that we can navigate spaces that feel um, harmful um, safely as well. Well, how do you, you're so eloquent, <laughs> first of all. Um, but how do you make that happen? Because one thing that struck me in what you said, Alexis, as well as what Charla said, is that, you know, with your mothers, you didn't necessarily have, or you don't necessarily have role models of women who practice self-care regularly, at least at least from an external perspective. The way Charla described it was like her mom was always taking care of other people, the way you describe your mom. It's sort of similar so how do you, um, I guess, Jamaica, you, you said you were a mother. Um, how do you actually make this happen in your own private, personal life when you have all these other expectations and you have this obligation to this other group of women that you're trying to negotiate things with? Um, how do you actually make this happen day to day? Um, it, you know, what I do is I end up asking myself a question. Like what often people feel is like they're, they're actually asking society people, someone, for permission, right? And so what I end up doing is just kind of saying the question to myself or out loud, like, what if, what if I didn't clean the house up tonight? Like, what if all the toys stayed out? And what if I didn't, you know, take out the trash? What if I didn't do all the things I'm supposed to handle as a mother and as an image activist and as a freelance photographer and as a wife and as a friend and as a daughter? Like, what if I didn't handle that stuff tonight and everybody, what if they were okay tomorrow? And so it's kind of like an experiment. And so I light, <laughs> yes. I light 20 candles and I sit and look at them and the pretty pictures on my wall and I go like, well, let's let's pretend everything's gonna be okay tomorrow. And the next morning, it is, mm-hmm. or it's not. And turns out, I'm dope at managing that too. Yeah. <laughs> but I can, but I can manage that because I took the space. So typically, the baseline of it is this experiment with, which is, what if I'm my own authority? Hmm. What yeah. if what I say about my safety or my needs is the top thing that matters? And then, typically. It's, it, it works out, and when it doesn't, you know, you have to identify, I identify my SOS calls. So whether it is a friend or a family member, or I can just be like, so this is what I did, and I feel terrible. <laughs> what do you think, is my life okay? And they're like, right. yo, you're dope. You needed to get some sleep in order to navigate your world. So yeah, way to take a nap. <laughs> yeah, that's so real though. I mean, catching 
actually catching what's at the root of that anxiety about why you need to get that extra thing done because Mm -hmm. so often I find it's easy to go through the motions of like well I just have to get it done like I just Mm -hmm. have this pressure like I'm just going to get it done and I'll feel better about it but a lot of things can wait to the next day and just catching yourself yeah something that I'm I've gotten a lot better at recently but I'm still learning to do also is just saying no like and like mm. realizing yes. that the world doesn't <laughs> fall apart <laughs> if I say no I can't do something um, so hard or yeah <laughs> like I'm sorry I can't make it today you know you can't do that all the time mm-hmm. but like just saying 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 no and realizing that it's it's actually okay things will be fine you know oh yeah the world will go on without you or without me if I'm not there hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> we want to continue the conversation with our lovely guests, Jamaica and Alexis, and make them do a tell-all about what their self-care routines are <laughs> and and what advice would you give to other um, black women out there who don't really practice self-care or feel hesitant about sort of what that would mean for their identity or, or their place in the world? Um, what can you sort of impart from your work and your experience with the exhibit? Let's start first with the tell-all, though. <laughs> Alexis. So I <laughs> realized that I have a few different self-care practices. One of my favorite is actually cooking. I like to invent my own recipes. Um, most of them are good. <laughs> um, but I just find it really relaxing to do that. Um, I've also recently started to enjoy um, like just being outside. I've gone through periods of time where I've um, enjoyed the Couch to 5K running app. Uh Um, But that in particular has been nice for me because it's been something that I can set my own personal goal and work towards it. And it's, you know, you feel great at the end and you can see your progress over time, which I think is great. Um, And I I think really for me, just what's important is I've realized that when I need to be doing something creative to keep myself grounded. And so if I'm not taking pictures, then I need to build time to cook a meal for myself or I need to make time to like go to a, a painting class or something like that. That's, I think, what's important to me. With regards to your other question about women um, who may feel hesitant to engage in self-care, I think the the bottom line question that I always come back to when I'm having a hard time is like, am I functioning? And if the answer is no, then I need to figure out what 
it is that I can do to make it so that I can function again. So maybe it's taking a nap or going to sleep. Maybe it's that I haven't eaten. Um, maybe it's that I haven't had like I haven't seen friends or family, so I am deprived of touch. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but some just. It's amazing how many like really basic things <laughs> that we can ignore. Um, totally, and <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and and you know, as soon as you address even the the little things, it's a very small act of self care, but it's a really important and crucial moment of self care that will get you to your next moment. Um, so that's that's my advice for starting out. Yeah, I like it. I w- I was just will have to say add something. So I believe across across my life course, a way that I have always self cared <laughs> is that I am just a three a square meal person. Like I have to have <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And sometimes when I'm in the middle of a lot of stress, I. I just like I can forget to eat or I can put it off and then it's like oh my god I would just rather order something than actually take the time to cook a meal but if I really get to the point where I actually start to cook that 30 minutes where I'm preparing food is very meditative and Mm -hmm. it's the most simple thing in the world but Mm -hmm. I can relate to that Mm -hmm. Jamaica do you have any other tips or self-care narratives Um, yes so by now you know that I'm a photographer and I have in the past couple of years started to really own what that means for self-care for me. Um, so a very basic thing I do when I am feeling low or that kind of alarm button has been hit around like, okay, I need some self-care, I'm not functioning. Um, what I do to kind of level out my emotions is I either um, create an image on my phone I take a picture of something or I find an image um, that communicates how I'm feeling at that moment. Um, And then I do a search online and find a quote that matches that feeling. Um, And sometimes the images are like deep, dark blacks and whites and just kind of erode. Um, And the quote is something that just is just kind of gives life. often something by uh, Zora Neale Hurston. Hmm. This declaration of like, oh yeah, I'm black, and oh yeah, I'm a woman, and oh yeah, all of it. (laughs) And so it kind of, um, when I see it together, um, sometimes I'll put it out on social media, but often I'll just look at it together and kind of meditate in that moment to kind of rally myself to even get to a place where I can figure out like what are the basic needs that I have. You know what I mean? Because sometimes when you have basic needs, you can, if you can identify your basic needs so that you can function, you can sometimes see, well, I don't have that one thing that helps me to get to the second thing, so how in the world am I supposed to function? And there's a way that I use that kind of photography and quote process to rally myself to dig deep to figure it out, like, I have to figure this out because I want to stay alive. And similar to Charla, who is stunning. Mm-hmm. Go, Charla. Um, <laughs> similar to Charla, um, the observing my mother's life and after she passed away, um, <clears throat> She had a lot of health issues, but I think there was a reality of what it meant to be in her body as a black woman navigating space. I think that took a toll. Hmm. Um, And so I want to be able to stay alive um, emotionally and physically and spiritually. And, And so the photo and quote deal helps me rally to figure out the rest. Yeah. Um, what I would say to black women who are thinking through self-care or struggling with it is that we need you um, and we love you. Um, and we will continue to fight for you 
and we want you to fight for yourself. There's a reality of seeing these visuals of our children dying and of um, our children's um, happiness, um, our own experiences of happiness and our own experiences of trauma. They are, um, sometimes they are loud, sometimes they are silent, but the reality is in order for us to stay alive in this, we have to prioritize taking care of ourselves. And what that looks like could be as basic as go on and stop and eat lunch. Go on, stop and eat lunch. Or go on and let that work wait till the morning. Go ahead and go to bed, right? And it can look as even, even bigger to like, yeah, go ahead and go to the library and get that book and read that book. Hmm. And close the door. Or go on that vacation. Yeah, go on that <laughs> vacation, right? There's so many ways to do it, but we want you to yeah. live. So we want you to make the choice for yourself um, the best you can. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. This has been really great. Thank yeah. you for thank having, you for having us. us. Yes. So y'all, we really recommend that you check out uh, the exhibit that is on view. Is it through May, May 15th? 15th? May 15th. Center for Documentary Studies. Center for Documentary Studies in Durham. We'll it's share a, information about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a 3D interactive situation. So it's great. It's immersive. You should check it out. You can design your own playlist. It's awesome. Um, and we're really grateful for them joining us tonight. And we also are excited tonight to welcome our intern, Monique Laborde. She'll be with welcome, us Monique. for the full summer. And y'all will get to meet her very soon uh, live on the show. And she we, doesn't know that yet, but now she does. She, she doesn't know <laughs> that yet, but now she does. And you'll be hearing more. <laughs> from her throughout the summer. We're really grateful and excited to have her here helping us. All right, guys. Thank you again for listening. Thursday nights from 6 to 7 on whupfm.org, 104.7 if you're local, FM, and iTunes and Acast if you want to listen on demand as a podcast. We are grateful for y'all. Thank you. Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.